You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, Locked On Browns, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd on Twitter. The show itself, at Locked On Browns, follow back account. DMs are open, as everybody knows, whether it is Apple, whether it is Spotify, whether it is Odyssey, make sure you are following or subscribed to Locked On Browns, leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. Today's episode of Locked On Browns is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we're going to get into a couple of things. Uh, Julio Jones traded Sunday, now a member of the Tennessee Titans. We're going to get into that and for why I believe it's not the big win that everybody seems to be making. It possibly is for the Tennessee Titans. We're going to get to a little bit of the talks on OTAs. Uh, Obviously, the offense and the skill players kind of doing their own thing down in Austin, Texas with Baker Mayfield, where J.C. Treader stands in all of this because I think there's a lot of confusion there. And Mike Clay from ESPN, we do this every year. Mike puts out his statistical projection For the Cleveland Browns, we're going to go through that in the third segment. There's some things I agree with from Mike in general, um, but maybe the overall statistical projections, I maybe do have a couple of questions about. So that being said, let's kick it off here and get into it. Sunday, uh, I guess it was about mid to uh, late morning, Julio Jones, official to the Tennessee Titans. Some things that probably get misconstrued here. Julio Jones is still a top receiver in the NFL. There's no doubting that. Uh, just because the Falcons as a whole have fallen off the last couple of years doesn't mean that Julio Jones is still not a quality, talented wide receiver in this league. Let's not mistake that for one second, folks. Even at 32 years old, even the fact that he did miss some time in the 2020 season, still a solid, solid player. Uh, a lot of people asked, you know, you know, why were we saying, hey, maybe you should be interested in Julio Jones here with the Cleveland Browns. If Tennessee has a decent season, you're talking that this draft choice is the number two overall pick is probably, what, 56 or later in the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, also, you're getting a, a day three pick from the Titans if you're the Falcons, but you're also giving up a four well, not much was given up at all, really, to get a player of Julio Jones's ilk for Tennessee. It was a no-brainer move. But, of course, a lot of this was you know, for having a home for Julio Jones. The Browns didn't necessarily have a home, a need, or a spot for a Julio Jones. But the compensation, 10 times out of 10 times would I have made that move, even the way the wide receiver room is currently constructed for your Cleveland Browns. So the trade on its uh, on its face for the Tennessee Titans was an absolute no-brainer. It, you're not giving up much. They certainly needed a wide receiver, and they get a darn good one. Um, where I start to maybe have some issues with it, I'd say, for the Tennessee Titans, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, they're very similar 
Not completely similar, but very similar. Both big-bodied wide receivers. Obviously, Julio's you know more maybe in the you know the in the air vertical type. You know, whereas you know AJ Brown is more of a you know get the ball in my hands uh, kind of run like a tight end with four four speed because he's a big yoked up rocked up athlete. But getting Julio Jones to Tennessee, and this is where for everybody Tennessee wise or even in the NFL who seems to be really really excited about it. This is where my confusion lies. Corey Davis had a fantastic season for the Tennessee Titans. Almost 1,000 yards. I believe it was only five touchdowns. But they were finally waiting for Corey Davis to break out for the Tennessee Titans. And he certainly did in the 2020 NFL season. Uh, Put up the best year of his career, which led to a big, fat free agent contract from the New York Jets. So Julio Jones coming in here, I mean, what are your expectations? I'd say at 32 years old, you're expecting what? A thousand yards, maybe five to eight touchdowns. So everybody that seems Tennessee wise that this is such a great acquisition, to me, it seems on its surface that maybe you're just bringing in a player and yes, probably still a better player than Corey Davis at this age is Julio Jones. But with AJ Brown there, I think you're basically going to get a wash statistically, for the Tennessee Titans. I think Julio Jones comes in and gives you maybe a little bit more than what Corey Davis did in 2020. So I'm not sure how this makes the Tennessee Titans a much or vastly improved team this season. For it's, you know, I don't know if it's, it's not really essentially addition by subtraction. I mean, it's, you know, this is a, you know, a sideways move. The Titans were desperate desperate for wide receivers after the 2021 NFL draft and offseason. The wide receiving core, I mean, you had Josh Reynolds as your number two. Josh Reynolds is, you know, an okay wide receiver, but he's by no means or any way a number two wide receiver in the NFL. Their defense still has issues. Uh, That has not been resolved. Uh, They're working on, you know, what was a strong secondary two years ago. They're still trying to get that back to where it was. Their linebacking core, which was strong two years ago, is not. Um, they've you know not been able to generate as much pass rush as people thought they were. You know they added obviously Jadavian Clowney for the twenty twenty season. That certainly did not work out for them. So for the Tennessee Titans, I I don't know if this necessarily makes them. You know, yes, they were a better team than they were on Saturday, um, but I don't know necessarily that the Tennessee Titans are a better team right now today than the team that lost at home to the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. Julio Jones for Corey Davis, uh, it's almost a wash. It, it, I don't know if I can say it's that much of a dramatic, that much of a drastic difference. I think you're hoping for Julio Jones and your realistic expectations are he's going to give you what Corey Davis gave you in 2020. So as far as the tiers in the AFC, the higher end of the AFC, which I believe consists of, you know, Kansas City in tier one, the Browns, the Bills, and the Ravens in tier two, and everybody else below that. I don't think this changed Tennessee as much as some people want to claim that it did. We're going to talk a little OTAs. We're going to talk a little bit more on J.C. Treader because I'm getting a little aggravated with the way some folks are speaking on J.C. Treader. All that coming up here as we roll on in to segment two here on the latest Locked on Browns. 
Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the greatest sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep and prepare for their championship run. Bet online, your online sports book experts. The Browns are hosting OTAs again, once again this week in Berea. Uh, there will be several members of the offensive side of the ball who are not going to be there. Uh, a lot of them actually are going to be in Austin, Texas, working out. Uh, by work uh, through workouts hosted by quarterback Baker Mayfield, and there's still some that you know are having issues with this. Uh, we'll take this a couple of ways here. First, it appears that there is a great amount, a high percentage amount of defensive players showing up in Berea for these workouts. I can't stress this enough. That's very very important. Um, not nearly as important it is on the offensive side of the ball. There are a lot a lot of moving parts on this defense, as we've discussed in you know the past couple of weeks or so. Uh, as many as nine possible new starters on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you're bringing in a new safety. You're bringing in two new corners. You're bringing in new linebackers. You're bringing in a whole slew of new players up and along the defensive line. So to get all these players in and start to get the verbiage down, start to understand Joe Woods' style, Joe Woods' coaching style on the field and in the classroom. It's pretty paramount. Uh, In order for this defense to reach the heights that it has the capabilities of, and it's going to take a little while. I wouldn't expect this team to come in week one. Granted, it is the Kansas City Chiefs, but, you know, this defense, you know, won't be as great week one as it should be maybe, say, week six week 11, closing out December. All the parts are there, and they can do a wide variety of things. We spoke about this with Corey Kinnon the other night. Um, Their matchup abilities are deep. If you want to play all straight secondary and play five, six, seven guys there, you can do that. If you want to mix in some of these hybrid joker type of defenders, whether it's a Jeremiah Wusu-Koramal, whether it is a Tony Fields, whether you want to use a Ronnie Harrison or a Grant Delpit as you know, pseudo nickel nickel dime backers who are just faster than your normal you know linebackers. You have all of these options. You can play four defensive tackles at one time, having you know guys like with the ability Malik Jackson to play a DN spot. You can play NASCAR, where you can play a Jadavian Clowney, a Miles Garrett, a Tack McKinley, uh, perhaps a Curtis Weaver, maybe even a Porter Gustin. All of these guys. You can play on the defensive, you know, uh, you know, play at the you know at the defensive line at the same time, having your four best athletes out there, and just making for a miserable, miserable day for any offensive line who just you know are not nearly athletic enough to deal with you know three former first round picks, you know, in Garrett, in Clowney, in McKinley, who are just straight fa- who are fast line, straight fast line players but also are really good athletes, can turn the corner and create some mismatches with that. Now the offensive side of the ball. 
there's nothing's new this year. As we've talked about with the skill players, yes, Anthony Schwartz has been added to the fold. He's already been spending a lot of time with Jarvis Landry training down in Florida. Uh, Demetric Felton added to the fold. Obviously, you know, he's been here for his opportunities through rookie camp and looking pretty good. He's done things at his slot receiver. He's done things as a running back, showing that he is a true hybrid player probably at this point. We'll see you know, if it ends up being a defined role one way or the other, but just another weapon and obviously down somewhere down the, you know, the food chain, so to speak, for Demetri Felton. Um, but the players getting together, and I think a lot of this, and it, it's not that the players are avoiding the work. That's no way true whatsoever. But I also think with some of this being done in a smaller group, in a smaller setting in Austin, you're just continuing to try to build the chemistry between guys, um, just letting you know the relationships grow. Um, and yes, you usually have the quarterback host these events. And in year four, make no mistake about it, the most important player on the offensive side of the ball is none other than Baker Mayfield. Uh, just continuing with working on timing, uh, familiarity with with how each individual player runs their routes. Um, and for Baker saying, hey, can you tweak this to get you there a little quicker? Or hey, in the case of maybe a player like Anthony Schwartz, you got to slow down a little bit, kid, just a little bit. You're too quick to some of these cuts. You're too quick to the spot. I'm not hitting my spot in my drop back before you're hitting your spot. So sometimes, you know, you just got to refine things. Again, some guys do things too quickly. Sometimes sometimes guys do things too slowly. You just want to find that happy median where even though players are all different types of athletes and all different types of, you know, as far as speed and quickness, trying to develop the timing where everybody's hitting the same spot at right about the same time. Now, as far as JC Treader, and you know, there's some of this has been going on through social media, you know, JC Treader who doesn't want to work or JC, it's terrible. There's no other way around it. Joel Batonio has been on Locked On Browns. Joe Schobert has been on Locked On Browns. They talk in 2018 how JC Treader went down and I believe it was week seven, maybe week eight against the Los Angeles Chargers. And really, really bad, mangled, mangled ankle. And everybody said, wow, if he even makes it back this year, it'd be interesting. Aircast, six days a week. Guy showed up every Sunday, took every possible snap there was. Now J.C. Treader is in the position of the NFL Players Association president. Now J.C. Treader has to look out for players in the past, like himself, who dealt with a lot of injuries and what is the best way to possibly preserve a career, preserve player safety during the off season while maintaining the fact that players have to stay focused, stay in the best possible shape to compete during the season. We learned a lot in 2020 during the off season without OTAs that the work can still get done. Players can still work out. Players can still get all of their learning in through Zoom, through Zoom, you know, plenty of times with the coaches, there's availability. I mean, you can Zoom your position coach anytime you wish if you got some questions or, you know, you just, you know, after a workout, you just, you know, feel you got some questions on something that you looked at as you're going through the playbook. 
those possibilities are still there. And this is the part that, you know, aggravates me a little bit also as well is, you know, J.C. Treader is not looking out for the players in the past, the players currently. He's looking out for players, some of whom might be high school seniors. This is what the job of being the NFL Players Association president is. You were trying to make the best working environment for the NFL players. You are trying to fight for them. You are trying to advocate for them. You are trying to do everything you can to put these players in the best posi- best position to have long, successful, highly lucrative years in the NFL. That is what this job is about. Now, as far as those saying he's lazy or things of that nature, Joe Schobert and Joe Batonio both on this show. Joe Schobert was injured in 2018 as well. And Joe talked about what an inspiration J.C. Treader was, about how in years past, <clears throat> players within the Cleveland Browns <coughs> would get injured. And most of the time, if it was close, maybe he could be back later in the season. Eh, just put me on R. We'll call it a year. That wasn't the case when you had a player like J.C. Treader around in 2018 who was doing what he was doing with that ankle. Everybody said, you want to know what? I'm going to do everything I can to get back here as fast as I can. Joe Schobert talked about this. Joe Batonio talked about not being the first one to basically tap out on the season, even knowing aspirations and playoff weren't in the picture. It was a truly changing time for this organization, for, and it involved J.C. Treader. The fact that you know we are here. It is 16 weeks. It is 16 games. It is 17 weeks. This is the job. Now it's 17 weeks. I'm sorry, 17 games, 18 weeks. J.C. Treader is no, by no means avoiding work or avoiding putting in the effort. So all that nonsense, all that just needs to stop. J.C. Treader is an uh, you know, unenviable task where he is the starting center for the Cleveland Browns. And he has to do everything he has to do to prepare for a 2021 NFL season. But he also has to look out for everybody in the NFL player-wise now, kind of in the past, and for players in the future. This is the job. Let the man do it. He'll be there week one against the Kansas City Chiefs, ready to rock. Make no mistake about that. We're going to get to Mike Clay's Browns statistical projections for the 2021 NFL season. All that coming up here in just a sec. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar lineup, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's a little something for everybody. I'm a big mint brownie guy. Again, the Girl Scout cookie taste to it. Just 
perfect. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you should probably check out a mix box where you'll get two of each of their nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Most of the Built Bar flavors, as good as they are tasting, they're even more healthy. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, all caps, 15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED, 15, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Again, folks, whether it is Apple, Spotify, or Odyssey, make sure you're subscribed or following the Lockdown Browns podcast and giving those five-star ratings and written reviews. As we said, we're going to go through uh, ESPN. Mike Clay uh, does his statistical preview for the team individually, uh, statistic on the defensive side and the offensive side of the ball. And, of course, you know, team wins-loss. He has the Browns at 11.1 wins on the 2021 NFL season. Before anybody gets crazy, keep in mind that is second in the NFL. So let's not go, you know, too far off the ledge as far with Mike as that. You know, do I think the Browns are going to win more than 11 games this season? 100%. No question about it. But you got to always, you know, obviously have a number where folks can play off of. So that would be the number there. Some notes from this, just general things. Mike Clay does not have the Browns having a 1,000-yard receiver in 2021. I 100% agree. I do not think the Browns are going to have that high of an output from any receiver in this offense. It's just too deep. And if Baker plays the way he has played when he has been at his highest success rate as a Cleveland Browns quarterback... Nobody should see a 1,000 yards. Baker Mayfield will find the open man. And with the depth that he has in all of his skill players as far as receivers, whether it's the wide receivers, whether it's the running backs, the tight ends, there is no reason for anyone to be featured enough to probably put together a 1,000-yard season. So that being said, he has Baker at uh, 327 completions, 3,688 yards, 28 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. I think Baker Mayfield is going to complete more passes. I think Baker Mayfield is going to throw for more yards. I think Baker Mayfield is going to throw more than 28 touchdowns in the 2021 NFL season. 17 games, I believe you're top. He's definitely going to top 30. Question's going to be how close some of these games are going to be as to whether or not you know the Browns are going to need to throw the ball enough for Baker Mayfield to get 4,000 yards. But I believe with the 17th game added to the schedule, Baker Mayfield will eclipse the 4,000-yard passing mark for the first time in his Cleveland Browns career. The running backs, Nick Chubb, Mike Clay has him for 1,237 yards, 11 touchdowns. Interestingly enough, 35 receptions for 281 yards and another touchdown. Why I say it's interesting is he has Kareem Hunt for 39 receptions for 343 yards. Obviously more yards, more catches, three touchdowns. But Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb only being separated by four receptions is is definitely kind of interesting for me. Um, Almost 600 yards rushing for Kareem Hunt this year. Um, If this is the case for Nick Chubb, and we're talking north of another 1,500-yard total, uh, 
1,500 total yards on the season. Browns are going to be a really, really difficult position as far as maybe what Nick Chubb's asking price is going to be going further and whether or not they are going to be able to retain him. Um, but Nick Chubb, uh, just going to be another banner year. Obviously, the offensive line, another year where they can just be a little bit more comfortable with each other. Only played together for eight games last year. Certainly didn't hurt anything for Nick Chubb when he was in there. Obviously, the games he played, he was highly Highly successful. Uh, Dearness Johnson with a possibility of almost 40 touches and only 12, I'm sorry, only 11 touches um, projected for the rookie, Demetric Felton. We'll see how that plays out, but uh, I think there's an opportunity here for Demetric Felton to have a larger role than just, you know, 12 touches on the 2021 NFL season. And some of that could be in mop up duty as well, folks, as the Browns have some games that look to be easily winnable on their schedule. The wide receiver position. And this for me is where it kind of gets a little bit wonky for me. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. 69 receptions, 980 yards, eight touchdowns in a return from an ACL injury. I don't see any, any issues with all that. Uh, Jarvis Landry, 73 receptions, 838 yards, six touchdowns. Again, I don't see any issue with that. This is where it gets weird. Um, Rashard Higgins, 19 receptions for 287 yards and two touchdowns. I hope for Rashard Higgins' sake. I hope for the sake of the Cleveland Browns offense. I hope for Baker Mayfield's sake. This ain't the case. Nobody is more efficient at the wide receiver position for the Cleveland Browns than Rashard Higgins as far as the opportunities uh, of balls thrown his way and the production that is given. Uh, I hope Rashard Higgins didn't sign on here for to basically catch one pass a game in 2021. And the fact is that he and Baker just have a beautiful rapport on the field, obviously off the field as well. But these two just read each other so well. They know each other so well. I have a hard time believing there will only be 19 receptions in the 2021 NFL season for everybody's favorite, Rashard Higgins. And where it gets even a little more, uh, Anthony Schwartz, seven receptions, 83 yards, one touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Three catches for 47 yards. I, I just don't see it. Uh, the Browns are going to work these two guys in. They have big decisions to make at the end of the 2021 NFL season on Jarvis, on Odell. You're going to want to see where Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones are going further. Um, you're going to need an opportunity to evaluate these guys to see if you can move on from Jarvis or Odell or one or both. So you're going to want to have a good reading on where Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz are. If, you know, I could see Schwartz's output maybe being a little bit lower, being the rookie, being at least, at best maybe, the fifth option in this offense. But I have a hard time believing with the way Donovan Peoples-Jones showed in limited opportunities last year that his statistical output would be to the point of three receptions for 47 yards. Looks to be a little bit more of a bounce back year from Mike Clay as far as his projections at the tight end position. 51 receptions, 500 yards for Austin Hooper, five touchdowns. Then you get to David Njoku and Harrison Bryant. Uh, 16 receptions, 17 receptions, 188 for Njoku, 191 for Harrison Bryant, both with two touchdowns. I think both will be north of 20. Um, I think, I, I just, I, Baker's going to complete more passes. So I think Mike's short here as far as his 23, uh, 327 receptions. I just don't see it. Uh, you know, I, maybe if you want to tell me, maybe Hooper's in the 40s, which puts both Najoku and Harrison Bryant in at the 20s. Maybe I'm a little bit more 
comfortable with that. As far as the defensive tackle grouping, Andrew Billings uh, projected to be the one who plays the most. Uh, you know, obviously two and a half sacks for Billings, uh, Malik Jackson with three, Jordan Elliott, and this is Jordan Elliott, you know, third at overall snaps at the defensive tackle position. I'm not sure. Browns coaches rave about him. They expect a huge, huge year two out of him. So I'm not sure about that. Sheldon Day listed in these five. Marvin Wilson is not another interesting take there. Tommy Togiai, 153 snaps, which would maybe make sense as the fourth or fifth defensive tackle. Miles Garrett, sacks at 11.7. I think we're going to go north to 12 with Miles Garrett this year with all the assistance he's got. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, six and a half, five for Tack McKinley. I'd probably say Clowney. I'm right there with it. I'm probably okay with McKinley's number as well. Um, Porter Gustin, not really figured here for a lot of you know action. Curtis Weaver, Joe Jackson, the same. But also that is probably por- you know partly due to the fact that you know it's really difficult to figure out who's going to be the fourth defensive end for this team in the 2021 NFL season. One I and now linebackers I disagree with with Malcolm Smith taking the most snaps. I think Jacob Phillips is going to be that guy. Interesting to note though that uh, JOK is here listed as taking the third most linebacker snaps where Phillips is at four. Uh, Jacob Phillips is going to be your leading tackler. Um, I think he's going to end up playing a lot of nickel and dime as well. Um, Anthony Walker is probably, you know, going to be, you know, out there a lot, obviously on first and 10 and maybe a little bit more than people expect in nickel and dime situations. Um, but Walker and Smith, it was 67 tackles. Both of them figured to be the team leader, Intact. I'm sorry. No, they're not because they actually have John Johnson the third at 106, which of course makes perfect sense for Mike Clay. Uh, but the linebacker core. This is going to be a Jacob Phillips and Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa going further. Cornerback position. Uh, obviously, Denzel Ward playing a ton as cube, as cornerback one. Troy Hill playing a ton. Interesting that he has it projected that Greg Newsom will take twice as many snaps as Greedy Williams. So obviously, he is figuring that uh, you know. Greg Newsom will end up being that third corner, that starting outside cornerback for this team. Greedy Williams, not much run, not much run for MJ Stewart. The secondary, a boatload of snaps. The most load of snaps. John Johnson was brought here for a reason. They brought in the best safety they could get. Not only do they love safeties, but Grant Telpit is coming back. Uh, you're going to have to work, you know, Ronnie Harrison here in year two, but you're going to have to work with Grant Telpit. You know, he's probably just not going to hit the ground running a year off of football as he gets a comfortable, you know, with his body, you know, after his Achilles injury, Achilles injury. John Johnson, the third predicted to be your highest tackler, you know, almost two and a half interceptions on the season. Uh, Sheldrick Wedrine on the roster here with 55 reps. We'll see how that plays out. Him and the count basically wash here is the same as he has the count for 44 reps. He does have Grant Delpit out snapping. Ronnie Harrison, that will, of course, you know, depend on depth. And we'll see how it plays out you know, with the, the three safeties that Joe Woods likes to play. We're going to get into this some other, from some other fantasy analysis, guys, but I like to do this every year with Mike. Again, I agree with a lot of Mike's thought process. I just think maybe he's a little bit down on the offense and maybe perhaps the passing game and the production that will come from the passing game. We've discussed Julio Jones going to the Titans and how I don't know if it really moves the needles, moves the needle for the Titans as much as some people make it out want make it out to be. The forever talk of the OTAs on the offensive side of the ball. And JC Treader, uh, let's understand that JC Treader, in addition to being the center of the Cleveland Browns, is also the NFL Players Association president. And sometimes that makes for some difficult decisions. Let the man do his job. And of course, we went through ESPN. 
uh, analyst Mike Clay's Browns uh, statistical projections for the 2021 NFL season for good or for bad. Whether it is iTunes, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Odyssey, make sure you're subscribed or following the Locked On Browns podcast, leaving those five-star ratings and written reviews. Please and thank you, my friends, me personally, Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd on Twitter. Make sure you're following. Uh, DMs are always open. Uh, Locked On Browns Twitter account. DMs are open. Obviously, um, follow back account, as all you great listeners know, just a great opportunity for me to stay in touch with you guys as much as possible. Corporate ideas and thoughts that you all might have into your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound here on Locked On Browns. So this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the 